We're excited to get right into the Word of God this morning as we have a, a, a word that I believe will encourage you, a word that will build up your confidence and your trust in Jesus, and a word that will help you continue to, to move ahead with the good things that God has in store for you. And so we are going to be sharing with you this morning from the Word of God on fear not. Everyone say, fear not. So you're not afraid. You're not afraid. And because that's what the Word of God tells us, that we are to come to a place where we are living in a place of confidence and trust in Almighty God and that we are no longer walking in the fear of what the enemy can bring to us, what man can do to us. We are living in complete, absolute confidence in the, in our, in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We're going to be looking at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. We're going to read verse 3 through 7. So whatever device or if you have a, what we used to call a Bible, still call it a Bible. <laughs> Some of the younger generation say, what's that? That's ancient. Well, it is ancient wisdom, but it has a modern app to it. So download it. <laughs> download it and apply it to your life. Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 3. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did, night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first lived in your grandmother Laws and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan the flames, the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, or the New King James says, power, love, and a sound mind. So sound mind, self-discipline, spirit of, of power, and the spirit of love are all in, within our arsenal to help us overcome the spirit of fear which God did not give us. He said he did not give us the spirit of fear and of timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. Timidity, the spirit of fear, timidity, is not a disposition or an attitude. You cannot look at it as it's my disposition, it's part of my DNA, or, or it's, it's an attitude, it's a mindset. The word clearly states, clearly calls it out as a spirit of timidity. And we recognize that as being a spirit of timidity, therefore we recognize that it cannot be conquered. It will not be conquered with the intellect or willpower. It's more than intellect and it's more than willpower. It's the spirit of timidity. That's why you, see, you can see some... Uh, people of all different calibers, all different levels of education and, and, and backgrounds, and some will be gripped by fear and others will not. We just came through a season in life, for, for me personally, this past year has been a year where I have never ever witnessed a longevity of people being gripped by fear in various degrees and various levels. 
Uh, I experienced it back uh, at 9-11 when we had the attack here on our country in 9-11. I experienced that, that sense of uh, fear. My gosh, what's happening? I was in New Jersey. I was, as a matter of fact, I was at Ocean City the day that that happened. But I, I can still remember driving back that night coming through Philadelphia and there's no traffic. That in itself won glue you if you ever drive through Philadelphia. It's supposed to be crowded. It's supposed to be traffic jams at the bridges. And, and uh, we're coming up on the bridge and there's no traffic. I'm thinking, hmm. I'm looking up in the sky. Any airplanes? Do I really want to cross this bridge at this particular moment? You know, so I, I can remember that sense of a, of, of a, of a, a corporate fear on our country, uh, but it was momentarily, it didn't last all that long, and, you know, we got over it and we got moving forward to the best of our ability. But this past year with the outbreak in, 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 in 2020, with the outbreak of the pandemic and the political scene that we experienced and, and just the, the financial upheaval as a result of it and schools being closed and businesses being closed. And there was, there was just a, a, a real, almost, there was a corporate spirit of fear, if you please. And it just really gripped the culture and it was something that it, it has uh, paralyzed Many people, for, uh, some are still paralyzed by it. It sort of reminds me of, a, in, in, in the Old Testament, read the story of David and Goliath. You know, we like to read about David and Goliath, but you know, the reality there is Goliath, he confronted Israel's army twice a day, the scriptures tell us, that every morning and every evening he would go and, and he would confront the army of Israel, and they were paralyzed in fear. You imagine that an entire army was paralyzed by words, and we say words, that were spoken by Goliath. He wasn't shooting any nukes at them. He was just simply spouting off words. And an entire army was paralyzed in fear. And you think about the, the paralyzation that took place uh, in our culture, among communities, within relationships. And, and uh, the, the downside of, of responding of everything that needed to be dealt with in a spirit of fear versus a spirit of love, the spirit of power, and the spirit of self-discipline or the spirit of a sound mind. And for those that are responding in the spirit of power, responding in a spirit of love, and responding in the spirit of, of self-discipline or the spirit of a sound mind, are the ones that are overcoming and no longer paralyzed by what culture has to throw at us, what, what, what's, what is going on in the world around us. Jesus forewarned us that in this world there would be tribulations, but he told us to be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus predicted that in the end times there would be earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and pandemics. But don't let your heart become unsettled. He didn't promise that there wouldn't be any pandemics. He never promised there wouldn't be any COVID outbreaks. He didn't promise that, but he did promise that he is with us. He is with us and that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Therefore, we can boldly say, I will not fear. Amen. Amen. Say that with me. Say, I will not fear. So we can boldly say that. That's declared in the word of God. So recognizing first and foremost that it's a spirit of t 
timidity, and we cannot overcome it. We will not overcome it with the intellect or with, uh, with human willpower. Timidity is designed. It's, it's, it's designed to rob us of our confidence and of our courage. And when the spirit of timidity, the spirit of fear or timidity shapes our life, what happens is safety becomes our God. And we worship the risk-free life. Safety becomes our God, and we begin to worship a risk-free life. I want to be safe. I, I don't want to take any risk. I don't want to take any risk. If that's something that you wrestle with, I encourage you to read uh, in Matthew 25, I believe it's the parable of the talents, where Jesus gave three different men uh, different talents. And, and they went out, the, the first two guys went out and invested their talents and they doubled the talents that Jesus gave them and Jesus came back and he commended them for them. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm gonna make you ruler over many things. The third guy, he took the talent that Jesus gave him and he buried it because he was afraid. He was afraid. He was worshiping the risk-free life. He was not going to risk investing what Jesus deposited to him. He was not going to invest it. He, was, he buried it and thinking, I'm going to keep it safe. Well, Jesus commended the first two for taking a risk, for investing and doubling and bringing increase into the kingdom of God. That's the lesson, bringing increase into God's kingdom. That's what your talents, your skill sets, your resources are for, to build the kingdom. And the first two received their talents and, and Jesus commended them because they took their talents and they invested them, they deposited them, deposited them and they doubled them and Jesus commended them for that. And that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. You take what Jesus gives you, you take what he deposits in you and you invest it in the kingdom for kingdom building. The third guy was afraid and he buried his and Jesus rebuked him. He said, you lazy servant. Lazy See, he said, I was afraid, therefore I buried it. Jesus said, no, you were lazy. Let's stop being lazy, and let's stop being lazy thinking that, well, when this leaves, when this is over, when that ends, then I'll think about getting back in the game. I thought it said, preach it, Pastor Ray. <laughs> and that you're supposed to applaud there. <laughs> Safety becomes our God. We worship a risk-free life. Worship a risk-free life. Don't get caught up in thinking, boy, I just want to live risk-free. I just want to play it safe. I want to play it safe. Jesus is not about playing it safe. He's telling the disciples to get in a boat and cross over to the other side. He gets in the boat with them and takes a nap and the storm comes up and the disciples are fearing for their lives. The waves and the wind are so ferocious. The boat, I guess, is taking in a lot of water and the disciples are fearing for their life. And finally, I think they held off as long as they could to at least make it look like they're trying. <laughs> Eventually, they just said, we have to wake him up. We need to wake him up. We don't want him to drown not knowing that he's drowning. <laughs> And they wake him up and they said, Jesus, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care that we are drowning? When you worship the risk-free life, it deadens your recall. 
you forget how great he is, how awesome God is. We just worship the song, how great thou art. Let's not just sing it and say, wow, that was fun. That was enjoyable. I really felt the presence of God. And then leave here forgetting how awesome he is. Leave here remembering, rejoicing, reminding yourself how awesome God is. I mean, stop and think about it. Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. And he's in the boat with them. Now, we read our Bibles today. I think a lot of people read the Bible like this today. And, and Jesus was sound asleep in the boat, and the wind and the waves come up, and Jesus wasn't aware of it, and the boat sank, and they all died. That's how we live. It's over. There's a storm. We didn't recognize. We didn't realize there's going to be a storm. We were trying to obey. We got in the boat. Jesus told us to get in the boat. We're heading to the other side. Jesus told us to get to the other side, but it never happened. It was impossible. You think, well, Pastor Ray, that's a silly. No way the Bible would read like that. Well, no, no way should your life read like that either. Jesus commissioned you. He commissioned you. So don't start playing it safe now. You're out there. You're going to get to the other side because Jesus commanded you, commissioned you to get to the other side. But what happened for the disciples is when they started playing it safe, when they started fearing for their lives and they started thinking inward and started becoming protectionist, it deadened their recall and they forgot. They couldn't recall anymore the promises of Jesus. They probably even forgot that Jesus told them to go to the other side. They're probably wondering, what are we doing out here? So it deadens recall. Safety becomes our God. We worship a risk-free life, and it deadens our recall. And, and, we, and we make statements like the disciples made, Lord, don't you care that we are going to drown? Jesus responded to their statement. This story is found in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. I encourage you to read it and become familiar with it and apply it to your life. But Jesus replied to them, and he, and he said, why, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Are you still in a place where you're not able to trust me? I'm right here. I'm with you. God's presence is with us. When God's presence is with us, his protection is with us. When God's presence is with us, his protection is with us. His provision is with us. His power is with us. He is for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Therefore, we can boldly say, I will not fear. So Jesus said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples had reason enough to have trust and faith and confidence in Jesus. They had enough experience walking with Jesus, hearing the teachings of Jesus, experiencing the miracles that Jesus was performing in his life. They had enough history with Jesus. They should have been in a place where they thought, you know what? Yeah, this is a really terrible storm. It doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. But you know what? Jesus is sleeping. I think I'm just going to go ahead and take a nap with him. We'll get to the other side. I'm not sure how it's going to happen. It looks like we're not going to make it. It looks like we're going to die. But Jesus said, go. We went and we're going to arrive. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I don't want Jesus knocking on my door, knocking on my heart's door and say, uh, why are you still afraid? Oh, I'm not afraid. Oh, I'm not afraid. <laughs> no, not, not me. I mean, I'm glad you're here, but no, I wasn't afraid. 
Well, there's been plenty of opportunities to be afraid. Like I mentioned, I've, I've experienced more fear coming at me. I've witnessed more fear coming at people. I've witnessed more people surrendering to the spirit of fear and, than I ever have in my entire life. Of all the years of my life, I haven't seen it like I've seen it this past year. And I'm talking about locally and globally, just all across the culture, fear, grip, people's hearts and people's minds. And safety became our God. And we began to worship a risk-free life. Our, our recall has been deadened. But we need to shake it off. We need to shake it off. I'm not here to make anyone feel bad or guilty for having fear, even having senses of panic. I mean, I, I had the same attacks towards me. I thought, my gosh, I'll be honest with you, prior to this past winter, in the winter season, if we had a Saturday snow prediction, it would irritate the daylights out of me. I mean, I would just really be irritable. And well, you know, and thinking that we can ill afford not to have a Sunday service because after all, if we don't have a Sunday service, we're not going to receive a Sunday offering. Is it okay if I'm just honest with you? Yes. I mean, that's, you know, that's the business side of church. There's two sides to a church. There's the ministry side and then there's the business side. They told you that in seminary, didn't they, Pastor Rodney? <laughs> She's sitting there thinking, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, there's a business side. There's a financial side to it. It would, it would like, and, and I would think, all right, all right, well, church is canceled or whatever. But, you know, God was always faithful. And I was growing in that to some degree, but it would still bother me and it would still challenge me. But after this year, <laughs> let it snow. <laughs> <laughs> let it, just let it snow. We'll put it on YouTube and you can just stay home and watch it. I'll stay home and watch it. <laughs> Amen. Why are you so afraid? Just stay in bed and turn on the TV and enjoy church. <laughs> Praise God. Isn't God good? We made it to the other side. I mean, we finally we decided, okay, I guess we need to stop meeting here. The governor said we need to stop meeting. And boy, one week we had church, and the next week we had two little cameras out here in the, in, in the lobby. And we did the best we could, and we were so proud of it. So proud of it. And thank God for Nathan Miller and Michael Lonzas and all the other people, the audio-video people. It was just, I mean, we pivoted. We pivoted quicker than I ever pivoted in anything. We went ahead with things that had been on the agenda. I can show you notes that I had in 2018, 2019 that we're going to buy, we're going to get cameras, we're going to eventually go online, we're eventually going to do this. And, and, uh, but all of a sudden, we did it sooner than we expected. So uh, we responded to what the enemy brought against us. And, it, and God made it turn out for good. Made it turn out for good. Amen. What appeared to be less people worshiping together with us, we had an increase of people worshiping together and, and watching together with us, than a, a greater increase than we ever had. Amen. Amen. So in verse 7 of 2 Timothy, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. They form an impressive and effective counterforce to the spirit of timidity. 
Let's just look at them real quickly. I'll give them to you with some more detail to them. But it's power. So he's talking about he didn't give you the spirit of timidity, but he did give you the spirit of power, spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Power in Acts 1.8 tells us that you would receive power after that the Holy Spirit would come upon you. On the day of Pentecost, all the Jews, they were together in the upper room for fear. They were together in fear. But when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they received the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were, even though they were in the room in fear, they went out of there filled with power, filled with an anointing, filled with a boldness, filled with a confidence that they never knew. They never knew it before. And Jesus told them, don't you believe in Jerusalem? Don't be trying to do this on your own. Make sure that you receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. And, and in all the places that I'm going to send you, you're, you're gonna, you have power to receive and, and to be a witness. That is true in my own life. I was a very timid, shy and the idea of public speaking, uh, just absolutely, you talk about a spirit of timidity. That was me when it came to public speaking. I didn't want anything to do with it. But after receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, I received a gift and an anointing into my life and a boldness and a confidence to proclaim Jesus, the good news of God's grace. The power the power of the Holy Spirit will help you overcome the spirit of timidity. What, why are you still fearful? Receive the Holy Spirit into that situation. Receive the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost into that situation and rise up and confront it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't think, well, I'm going to overcome this by getting, becoming educated by, uh, through the intellect. I'm going to set my mind on this. I can overcome this. No, it's more than willpower. It's more than intellect. It's the spirit of timidity. It's from the spirit of darkness and it's, it is, it's mission is to bind you, to paralyze you, to freeze you up, just like the army of Israel was frozen in fear. It can grip you and it can paralyze you. I've experienced it on more than one occasion where the spirit of fear would try to grip me and just to lock me up. But yeah, I have to apply the power of the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not going to allow this, the timidity to, to, to keep me in captivity. I'm applying the power of the Holy Ghost within me and I am going to overcome this in Jesus' name. So apply the power of the Holy Spirit. If you say, well, I don't know if I ever received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit. We can pray with you for that. We can pray with you for you to receive the anointing and the fullness of the Spirit of God into your life and receive his power and his grace and his leading guiding in your life. So you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, that, talked about the spirit of love. Turn to uh, 1 John chapter 4 for a moment. I have a love-hate relationship with this particular portion of Scripture, to be honest with you. Because I read it, and it's, it sounds so, I don't know what it sounds like, but it sounds like every time I, I can read this and feel so immature, but yet I believe God's Word, so I believe that it's working in me, and I want you to receive it and believe that it's working in you as well. Uh, did you ever hear that, you know, perfect love cast out all fear? Well, so if I'm afraid, obviously I must not be perfected in the love of God, and then I just feel guilty. Oh. Poor me. 
That's why I'm scared. I don't have the love. Of, I'm not perfected in the love of God. I didn't respond to Nancy the way I should have. And I'm not loving perfectly. And I'm not treating my kids the way I should have. And I haven't responded to you the way you expected me to. And I'm just not mature in the love of God. That's why I'm afraid. Sometimes I read it like that, but nah, not anymore. Let's read it in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Where do you want to start? <laughs> verse 16. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. God, that's 18 up there. Can you flip it back to? We know, verse 16, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his Love. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much God loves you? Have you put your trust in his love? And it goes on and says, God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment because we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Verse 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels fear. Well, I can live with that. But then it goes on and says, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced the perfect love. That's the part that... I struggle with. We love each other because he first loved us. But the good news is, bottom line is, don't worry about my feelings, all right? <laughs> and you don't worry about your feelings. The bottom line is God loves you. And when we become aware of his love, it's his love that casts out fear. Now, God is perfect love. And his perfect love cast out fear. So if I'm fearing, it just means I'm not being conscious at the moment of his perfect love. The disciples at the moment when they woke Jesus in the boat and said, don't you care that we are perishing? Don't you care that we are dying or drowning? At that moment, they weren't conscious of the perfect love of God. They thought, you know, God got busy and forgot about them. But God's perfect love casts out fear. But here's the part that helps me with the... the, the the idea of love and perfect love casting out all fear is we are talking about God's love. I want you to shift gears for a moment. Everyone know how to shift gears? Just shift gears for a moment. Because many times when we talk about the love of God, we start thinking about, well, how am I treating people? How am I commuting communicating to people? How am I reacting to people? How's my love walk? And to be honest with you, some of the things that I've been taught over the, you know, over the years, you know, and, and, and being discipled of the Lord, you know, people, they, they mean well, but they really put it back on, you know, well, you know, if, if prayer didn't get answered the way you expected it to, or something didn't go right, then, then people have this, uh, <clears throat> how's your love walk? <laughs> Thank you. That really helps. I feel so much better now. <laughs> or it's like when you're afraid and you admit that you're afraid and someone just looked at you and you said, well, don't be afraid. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm not afraid anymore because you said, don't be afraid. I was just vulnerable with you that I'm worried about something. We mean well, but many times we don't say it well. 
So let's shift gears for a moment. Stop thinking about your love and your performance and start meditating on God's perfect love toward you. That was another place where it said all the congregation said, shout amen, Pastor. <laughs> it's God's perfect love toward you. It's that perfect love expels fear. When I get a revelation, when I, am, when I am, uh, have a consciousness that God loves me perfectly, there's nothing I can do to change that. He loves me perfectly. I mean, think about it. It's pretty arrogant to think that your mistakes or, or, or your sins are going to change God's character. I mean, come on. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than you. You didn't do anything to earn it, and you're not going to do anything to change his mind. God's perfect love toward you, God's perfect love toward me casts out fear. Perfect. Perfect love, and he loves you perfectly. So meditate on that and just continue to ponder that. We don't have time to just go into all the, all the, the, the lessons that are in this. It's so, it, it's so deep, but uh, try not to get too deep in it and, and, and put the focus on God. God loves you, and he loves you perfectly. So the counterforce for the spirit of timidity is the is the the power of the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, the power and his power, become conscious of God's perfect love toward you. And obviously, I mean, the obvious is you're going to start exercising it to the best of your ability, but you making a mistake is not changing God's perfect love toward you. Rest in that. Rest in that. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. So God's love expels it. And then the self-discipline or the soundness of mind. The first Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul said, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Make that confession over yourself. I confess that often over my life. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not afraid. I'm not ignorant. I have the mind of Christ. Then the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, one of the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit, which is the fruit of God's perfect love, is self-control. I have self-control, meaning I am in control of my life. I'm in control of my emotions. I'm in control of my countenance. And when a spirit of fear comes knocking at my door, trying to make me afraid, trying to make me think that this is going to fail, this isn't going to work, and that there's, a, there's a global pandemic, and you should be afraid, and there's, there's a, a financial downturn, and that should be a great uh, concern to you, and, and schools are closed, and, and restaurants are closed, and all all these things are going on and people are in an upheaval and people don't know who to talk to, who to trust, who to believe. I want you to know that in the middle of it all, God is God and his word never changes. It never has and it never will. Amen. And so our goal is to continue to develop in our relationship with Jesus Christ and realizing that it's his perfect love. It's his perfect love that's going to see me through and the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And say, uh, can I turn to one more scripture? I don't know if I gave it to the guys in the back there, but it's found in Hebrews. I will close with this, I promise. 
See, that's why you have a hard time walking in the love of God. The pastor just said again, I will close with this, I promise. Then they go on to another scripture. Hebrews 13. Do not, verse 5, do not love money, but uh, be satisfied with what you have. For God said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, say this with me. The Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Amen. Would you stand to your feet, please? The Lord is our helper. We have no fear. We can boldly say we have no fear. Father, in the name of Jesus, name above all names, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, in the beauty of your holiness. Lord, as we gather together here this morning to worship you, to honor you, to praise your holy name. Lord, to, to welcome your presence and your power in our midst. We thank you for the new birth. We thank you, Lord God, that you have taken away all of our sin through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. Perhaps you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We want to give you that opportunity to do that this morning or to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God into your life, that spirit of boldness, that spirit of power to overcome the spirit of timidity. Let's pray this together right now. Say, Heavenly Father, we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that you sent your Son to die at Calvary's cross to cleanse me of all my sin. I believe that he was buried, but that you raised him again on the third day to newness of life. I believe this in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Thank you, Father, for making me a brand new person. All my sin is forgiven. I am free in Jesus' name. Thank you also, Lord. Fill me now with fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. Power to go forth as a witness unto you. No longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a terrific, terrific rest of the day. Amen.